Hey there, welcome back. It's Kathleen, and you're listening to This Insecure Life. Hopefully, you enjoyed last week's sort of mishmash miscellany episode. Um, I really enjoyed it. I just fucking love Samwise Gamgee, and maybe someday I will just spend like 40 minutes talking about my love for him because he is amazing. Anyways, this week we're going to talk about critical thought and media, and it's interesting because, who, for a multitude of reasons, um, I'm not going to do any massive research on this. I know that in the last couple years there's been a lot of discussion kind of around this topic in regards to hashtag fake news. Um, And yes, while I'm talking about absolutely completely made up news stories, I'm also talking about everyday news stories that we see and we're told and where the data is coming from or the stats are coming from or where the experts are actually getting their qualifications because anyone can be an expert these days and that's, that's just the truth of it. Um, Personal branding and uh, (laughs) social media have made this really possible. So that's a thing. Um, The reason I want to talk about this in general and what spurred it is I saw a news story in the last week that was on a pretty widespread network, I'll say. I won't say what network it is just because I'm not sure what the legal ramifications are on that or whatnot, but basically anyone across Canada would have been able to see this news segment. It's about two minutes, two and a half minutes, I want to say, um, because it was made for the national news. So um, there's your local news, there's your national news. This was for the national news, so it aired across Canada. And it was about how millennial women are really lonely. And I took, first of all, I get really, I turn up my nose a little, I guess I'll say, or I get hypercritical the moment any media throws out the use of millennial these days. Because they still seem to think that Millennials are a very specific beast, and while we are, it ignores the fact that there was a lot that happened before us, and there's a lot that will happen after us, and the different environment and situations that the generations has gone through. So it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a fan of tapping into things just because they're buzzworthy, and um, that's sort of like the popular popular thing to talk about or the popular group to set single out. I'm also not a fan of uh, the narrative that women are more lonely than other um, genders. That's not my jam either because I think there's a lot of faulty narrative in that and again it comes back to some more societal um, negative looks at how women operate and the fact that 
um, it still is very much looked down upon to be a single woman, but not a single man, right? It's cool to be a bachelor when you're 40. It's not cool to be a single woman when you're 40. So there's these sort of stereotypes and um, the words aren't coming to me. I'm sorry, guys. Um, not cool juxtapositions that I just don't jive with. So sort of like I was already on high alert. And then it talked very specifically, and they interviewed a woman, and I, I'm not here to say her experience wasn't true for her, um, and I'm not here to say that there are millennial women who are, aren't lonely, because I'm, I'm sure there are, we're all lonely, um, but I take issue because it was about millennials, it was about women specifically, and it blamed social media for this loneliness. But it didn't cite the study specifically. It just said a study on isolation by Angus Reed and I think Curtis. Um, it didn't show you a link to the study. It didn't say what the study, why the study was done. So I took it upon myself to look the study up because something just didn't feel right. And in doing so, I discovered that in the key findings, it actually stated that more people and the majority of people felt more connected because of social media than anything else. Um, and that was one of, I think, four key, key findings. And then when you went through the study, it clumped 18 to 34-year-olds together, which crosses generational bounds. So to me, that is already faulty reporting because you can't say an 18 year old is the same as a 34 year old. They're not even within the same generation. Um, so how do we know that it wasn't all the 18 year olds saying they were feeling more lonely than the actual millennials? So just some things that made me sort of take note and well, there was sort of more women in that age group saying they felt more isolated or lonely, or I think they used the word desolate. That was how they broke it down, um, which was feeling isolated, but not lonely or feeling isolated and lonely. I think that was how they broke it down. Um, I will link this um, survey in the show notes if, if you care. Um, and just for my own capability and let's, Let's just say up front, we can all interpret these findings a little bit differently, but it just, nothing sort of was an outlier in this sense. All the results were fairly even keel across, and it actually had a peak for 65-year-olds feeling lonelier than millennials. So to me, that's, you know, those are just isolating times, and... Anyways, I got into a little bit of a discussion with um, some women on um, this topic. And to me, it just ignores a lot of factors that weren't asked about in the study. And so things like how many hours were you working? How much pay are you actually making? They did talk about the people who felt desolate were lower income. 
which also means they're likely working 70 plus hours a week, which also means they don't have the energy to socialize or pay money to go out and socialize. And in a city like Vancouver, especially, and that's where they had interviewed this woman, um, it is not a friendly city. <laughs> I think I've told the story on this when I went back to Toronto and, um, last time around this time actually, and I was standing in line to get on the go bus to go to Toronto from Hamilton and I choked on some water. It just happens to me a lot. And girls in the line immediately stopped, made sure I was okay, kept checking in because I was coughing a lot and I just wanted to make sure I was okay. Honestly, I've had that happen in Vancouver where I've coughed on something in public. No one does anything. No one even looks up. Like it's a very weird city and I haven't quite figured out where this I'm going to stick to mine and that's the biggest thing I need to do right now. You don't exist and I'm not helping you regardless comes from. I don't really know. It feels like a fairly competitive city in general and maybe that's what it is. And when I mean competitive, I mean competitive in every way, shape or form. Um, but it was just a very interesting sort of dichotomy. And so I think there are factors missing from both the study and how the study was presented in this news piece that that really missed the mark. And while this type of story um, likely isn't going to hurt anyone, I think it's an indicator of a bigger problem when it comes to how news and media portray studies. And this goes for everything, right? And then you also come down to the interpretation of it. So yes, even studies we want to take with a grain of salt, there's typically bias in them. But we can extract data and get some good insight into what's actually happening if you're asking the right questions in the studies. And I guess the whole point of this episode is just to say that in me applying critical thought to that news segment, I kind of got attacked by asking the question, what was the actual study? Why was this angle taken? Why weren't these other things economic status? Um, time. The person's ability to actually be active. And they didn't even really address social media in the segment despite talking about it as being a negative thing. Um, and also the benefits of social media. I'm not going to sit here and praise social media, but I do work in it and I do appreciate it for what it can give us in a positive way. And I can acknowledge that it can be really isolating and make you feel really shitty about yourself if you're not aware of what you're doing when you're using it. So this applies to everything though. We cannot move through this life and if we're unaware, it means that if someone's treating us poorly, we're internalizing that. It's the same way as if we open a social media app, if, if we don't consciously go, yeah, this is someone snapshotting their life. This is someone showing the best parts of their life. If we don't remind ourselves of that, we can get lost and feel like we're not adding up. And this is 
quite frankly, part of a capitalist society. Social media helps to keep you feeling low if you let it keep you feeling low. You know how you circumvent that? You unfollow people who don't make you feel good about yourself. You unfollow the accounts and the brands that make you feel like shit. You get off your social media and you feel like garbage, do some pruning. And feel free to use the block button and the mute options on Twitter, on Instagram. You can join groups that you might want to be in because you're a fan of something. But if seeing constant streams of it is impacting your life in a negative manner, however that may come up, whether it's spending too much time in there or getting into arguments about characters, whatever it is, choose the unfollow option. So this is where it comes back to setting boundaries and really taking care of ourselves and recognizing that all these things are just tools. All of them are just tools. And social media in and of itself isn't isolating. And I've actually seen it save a hell of a lot of lives. Like actually save a hell of a lot of lives. Um, and it's connected me with some really fucking fantastic people that I would have otherwise never encountered in my life. And to dismiss something as being negative just because it is buzzworthy to do so when the study you're basing this off of says otherwise is crap. And I'm not going to mince those words. It's absolute garbage. And this is why we need to be critical of what media puts out all the time. And we need to allow ourselves to be critical of what media is putting out and what media is telling us and look for the source, right? So go back to that study, read it thoroughly, form your own opinion, talk to it with a trusted friend, maybe look at other interpretations of the study. Because if you look at one news channel, it might say something completely different about the exact same study because there's different biases working on that end. And so becoming more aware of what these unconscious biases are that feed the media, the fact that media is trying to continue making money, because if they don't, they go under, they can't employ people. And so they need to tap into these trending, noteworthy, buzzworthy, buzzworthy things that they create, right? It's sort of like, where did all these national days of come from? Someone just made them up and went with it and it blew up, but it's wild. Like there was a national donut day, I think about a month ago, and one of the donut stores in my neighborhood, I believe said they completely sold out and they had made like six times the amount of donuts that they normally sell on like, it was a Friday on a Friday. And I was like, that is insane. All because hashtag National Donut Day. So if you don't believe that these things are motivated by um, money <laughs> or influence, then take a step back and maybe um, try and evaluate why 
that is. And and I'm not saying people are doing things that are underhanded. Yes, there are definitely news um, outlets out there that that is what they do. I do think for the most part, if you have um, non-bipartisan news, it should be it should be pretty good, which is just meaning that they keep most of the biases out of it. It is neutral. News really shouldn't have uh, personal opinions wielding through, but unconscious unconscious bias does exist. And we have it in our everyday lives, so it's going to come up even when we're a seemingly neutral, right? Um, so that's just something to consider and something to think about. And I guess if we want to talk about how it applies to this podcast is all of that stuff we see in the media, whether it's an actual news segment, whether it's the front of a magazine cover or an actual ad if you're scrolling through social media and you follow brands what they're putting out there even if they're putting things out there about their um, employees it is still all things to be critical of and not to get crazy into it but it's still June So we're at the end of Pride Month, and so you'll likely notice a really big drop in the amount of rainbow capitalism or organizations talking about their tolerance policies and their equality policies and their queer employees and telling their stories. There'll be a massive drop-off in the next, you know, five days. (laughs) So... Just keeping in mind that all of these things are built around institutions that want to influence us through our feelings and want to influence us to do things or not do things or buy things or not buy things or buy this brand and not that brand or watch this news station or read this newspaper and not that one. And so critical thought becomes really important to establishing the life you want to live for you. Oh, if I had written that out, that would have been a very long run on sentence, (laughs) which is sometimes actually what happens when I write. I love my comma splices. Hmm. So that's it, folks. That's all. That's all I got for you. Keep being critical. And when I say critical, I don't mean judgmental. I mean being critical, thinking about why things are happening, thinking about how they're presented. It is, you know, not necessarily something you want to do all the time because it can be really exhausting. But if something doesn't jive right with that sort of gut in your body, which is what happened when I watched this segment, then Maybe examine that. So you're not doing it for everything because we don't have that capacity. That's where my anxiety comes in and that's why I do this a lot um, is because anxiety is sort of that hypercritical, hyper-aware state that for me just is constant. Um, 
But when you put it to good use, right, you can actually make a difference in the world and you can find places and people and things that are more aligned with your values because you've put critical thought into it. You've made an educated guess, probably first, and then an educated decision once you've done that examination. All good things. There is a lot happening out in Vancouver right now. Lots of sirens and um, I gotta get up early tomorrow, so I'm gonna let you guys go. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any thoughts about my critical thoughts, feel free to send me an email. Uh, this insecure life pod at gmail.com. I think that's what it is. Um, I'm sort of taking a step back from posting on social media for the podcast right now. Uh, just needed a break and um, I really love how my Instagram feed looks, but <laughs> it's a lot of posting four times in a week feels like a lot, but I really like how it looks and I've just been going through some stuff. So I've taken a step back from sort of my social media, but I wanted to continue to speak and deliver this. So I don't know when I'll be back posting. Um, I'm not actually in my Instagram account for this, but you can always follow it. And if you need to reach me, you can send me a message on Facebook through the page or an email or um, I don't know. If you know me, you know how to get in touch, I guess. And if you don't, um, that's okay. We'll figure it out eventually. Uh, rating, reviewing, subscribing really helps, I hear. But also you just listening makes me smile. So thanks for your ears for a little while. I did not mean for that to rhyme, but it did. If you want to peace out, peace out, guys. If you're going to take a breath with me, let's take a breath together. I'm not taking that <laughs> that many or as many as I should be lately. So this will be good. I love you. You're the best. Have a wonderful rest of your week.